Welcome to LOA Today. I'm Walt Kaysen. With me today, relationship life coach Cindy Chavez. This is your daily dose of happy. We are so happy you decided to join us today. All right. We have uh, good stuff happening today because we have a special guest joining us. And first of all, we have somebody who's our normal guest, our normal co-host, Cindy Chavez, bringing her in here. Monique is actually off today. She has a last minute thing that came up, so she'll be joining us again next week. But that's okay because we have a special guest that Cindy brought to us today. And her name is Jackie Gates. This is going to be fun. Jackie, I'm going to bring you in here. Hey there. How are you doing today? You're looking good. Can you hear us? Jackie, can you hear us? Hello. Oops, something went wrong. I don't think she could hear us. I don't think so either. And yeah. frankly, I'm not even getting the image right. I mean, the, 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 once again, StreamYard is, is testing my ability to handle stuff. <laughs> oh, she's in a message here. Let's see. Oh, no, you sent the message. She says she can't see or hear anything. Well, that's unfortunate. Um, <laughs> what is happening? <laughs> I'm going to suggest that she log out and log in again. And let's see if that takes care of it. But meanwhile, how are you doing, Cindy, while we get these technical difficulties out of the way? <laughs> I'm doing well. I am, let me think, I am two days away from being fully vaccinated. <laughs> I'm so excited about that. So I'm ready for hugs, you know? Yeah, there you go. Uh, it's been a while for those too. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, mm -hmm. we've been in lockdown since March 8th of last year. So this right. is, I just had my second birthday in lockdown and then, we, <laughs> and then we got our shot. And then, um, actually from, we had one shot and then a week later was my birthday. So we went. So we went out for my birthday, even though we couldn't hug anybody, we fist bumped. <laughs> well, that's all right. That, that's an improvement. Okay, I mean, okay, can you see us and hear us now, Jackie? I can. Yes, I can okay. see and hear you both. Excellent. This is yet another example of StreamYard having just a few things that they have to iron out over time. I'm sure they will do that. Yeah. But hey, we got it working. That's the main thing. So anyway, let me tell people a little bit about Jackie. Um, she says, if, if you've ever been anywhere near the law of attraction world for more than 10 minutes, You've come across the phrase, act as if. But while many a new age leader or motivational speaker will tell you to act as if, they seldom, if ever, tell you how. This is true, except you're on the show. With 25 years on stage, Jackie Gates knows about acting as if and has used her theater skills to turbocharge, I like that phrase, her own <laughs> manifesting skills and those of hundreds of people over the past seven years. And she's here today to tell us how to do it. So welcome, Jackie. Glad you can make it. Glad you can hear us. Glad this is actually all working. This is good. Yes, me too. Yes, let's do this. I'm excited. <laughs> and Cindy, you got to give us the lowdown a little bit about how you and Jackie are connected so that the audience knows that. You know, Jackie and I have been friends for quite a few years now, and I, I'm not even sure. We, we met somehow through Law of Attraction. Like, I don't mean, you know, hey, we attracted each other, although we, <laughs> I mean, we met because of uh, knowing other Law of Attraction coaches and being in coaching circles with each other. And at some point a few years back, we decided to start connecting every week for um, a magical business mastermind. And we, so we have ever since. And I think one of the really cool things about what Jackie does and why I was so excited to have her on the show is just what she said. And you introduced her about the how, right? I know mm. that one of the things that my clients tell me they like about my coaching is that I'm practical. 
Mm-hmm. But I, I actually can tell them, uh, give them an assignment to do, and then they do it. It's a how, and it's going to work, right? It's yeah. Gonna work. And Jackie is like a, a wizard at this, a wizardress at this. A wizardress. We <laughs> are good at identifying, um, and I know, I, I was hoping Monique could be here too, um, because Monique and I and you have all talked about this before, the acting as if. Oh, yeah. Monique was talking about, um, Jackie would have loved this. Monique was talking about, um, we all made an intention. We, we made, uh, a goal to manifest something in the next, like, three days or something, right? right? What Monique wanted to manifest was a new client. Yep. So she started dressing differently. She came on the show. She had like all the jewelry on and the beautiful top. And she was like, no, I'm, I'm stepping into the version of the coach that has all these high end clients. Right. So we were like, yes, yes, we know. I was like, you have to talk to my friend Jackie because <laughs> no, everything we experience is directly related to our identity. Mm-hmm. And so oh. Jackie, Jackie does something where she calls, she helps you find and step into your, the next you, right? The next version of you. And so it's just wonderful work. And I, I would love Jackie to tell us like how we know you have a background in acting, but mm-hmm. like did something happen at some point where you recognized that this worked, like that this was a, a recipe that had a result in law of attraction world? Like what, what happened? Well, I'm so glad you asked. Um, I, okay, so before I came to the States, I was on stage in South Africa for well on 25 years. Um, in fact, we closed Joseph and his amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat on a Saturday night in May 1998. And that Monday, we flew out to the United States. And we knew one person on this entire continent. It was <laughs> such an adventure. We sold up our eight-bedroom, eight, five-bedroomed home down to eight suitcases. We had kids of nine and 11, and we landed in the States, right? And... So life progressed. It was all a reinvention. It was delicious. And I was just fully immersed in creating this life. And then in 2006, I think it is, um, I was working in Barnes & Noble when The Secret came out, right? Ooh. And as mainstream and panned as it can be, you know, in, in law of attraction circles, the very fact that it was mainstream was why I found it. And I, I read the book. Um, I then bought the audio and I watched the movie and I had this like intensive thing where I was reading and watching law of attraction, this particular thing every single day for a month. And that was when I first heard act as if, and I thought, well, I know how to do that. There you I've go. This for 25 years. <laughs> I know how to act as if. And then it was this permission slip that I could actually craft a reality for myself so what i did instinctively was i started acting as if for real well obviously the person that i was acting as if needed to be uh she had a new wardrobe she had a different um, set design so that's my home right um and i actually went further than that we my husband and i decided to make a list 
because it said so in the book, make a list of things that you want. And I wanted to live somewhere warmer because at the time I was living in Minneapolis and I hated the cold. I wanted my husband to be able to work from home, which he'd been trying for ages. I didn't want to be in retail. And I wanted my son to get a little bit closer to graduating high school because at the time it was practically a disaster. And it was like, okay, um, this is not going to happen, but we'll, we'll, we'll just put this on the list. Well, within six months of doing this whole acting as if and trusting that I was crafting this reality that I wanted to live, we sold our home to the second person that walked in. We bought a house in Atlanta for that was twice the size, well, a thousand square feet bigger for the same price as we sold. My husband, the company that he was working with said, oh, we don't want to lose you. Can you work remotely? So he was working at home. And my son found a homeschooling place that his credits just were, he, he just changed as a student and he graduated with a 4.0. Um, so all of this was absolutely fabulous. And it was enough for me to go and start looking at becoming a coach. And I was basically diving into LOA studies. Um, and then that my, my mentor at the time, my coach teaching at the time, she said, oh, I'm doing, you know, um, this is what we're working on. And I said, oh, well, this is the result I had. And here's what I'm doing. I'm tweaking my house to reflect the version of me that I'm becoming. I'm dressing. I'm doing all this. And she went, wait, you're doing what? And I said, um, well, because you can't just think yourself into a new role. You have to act the role. You have to be everything is an inside outside thing you've got a costume you've got set design you've got dance music you've got um all sorts of dance music <laughs> i mean every show has a soundtrack so it was like i had this whole yeah this whole creative um bubble this production that i was making out of becoming the acting as if person version of me that i wanted and I just, I had done that instinctively because as an actress, that's what I knew how to do. And then, so I started teaching it to others. And that was when I realized that this is, is a piece that is missing because you can act as if, but we are surrounded by physical residue of who we've been until this point, right? We are living in the set in inverted commas, of all the people and roles and versions of us that we've been until now. So if you want to become a different version of you, you have to start tweaking your outsides. Otherwise, otherwise you don't have anything to lean on when things get wobbly. The best part of this is that on a morning where I woke up feeling less than fabulous, my theatrical bathroom for example would remind me of this version of me that I'm becoming and then my brain would go oh guess what we're already that and on we would go so the the law of attraction I was attracting it to me using my outsides as well as my insides you know what I love about this is that if we don't change the our, our set Mm-hmm. So I've never thought of, as many times as I've talked to you, Jackie, and talked about this, I've never thought about this one thing. It's like trying to act out a next play on the last play's set. Yeah, you can't play Annie if you're dressed as Lady Macbeth, yes. right? 
You Why have to, you have to change these. But the delicious thing, the way the brain science part comes in is that your brain believes what it sees. Generally, your brain will believe what it sees. So give it something that you want, that will give you the belief you want, right? If you are feeling, like for me, um, I, I always want to be, and I call it paparazzi ready, but I don't really want paparazzi, but it is that thing. I know, careful what you wish for. But right. there is that, that thing where if, um, I, I use this, the, the pajama thing, you know, so many entrepreneurs say they want to work in their pajamas, mm-hmm. right? Well, pajamas have a very particular mindset to them. If you put your pajamas on, are you really at your cutting edge? Are you really going to show up? Um, you know, cutting edge of what? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So, but then you also have somebody like Hugh Hefner who made an entire brand out of a smoking jacket, right? So you have to play with this version of you. And for me, dressing up as though I'm ready to meet an audience means that even when I log on to talk on Facebook. They don't, they can't see me, but the, the vibe that I'm in, the acting as if that I'm in will come through in my words, in the way I phrase them, in the way I show up in a Facebook conversation or for a client or even in a, just in a chat, right? It, it will affect, it will affect how I'm dressed will affect how I show up. So I might as well dress in a way that helps me show up in the way I want to show up. I love this for on a, on a couple levels. First of all, everything you're using here makes great metaphor, but it's more than metaphor because uh-huh. it's also, like you say, it's setting the stage. It's it's setting yourself up for complete success. And, I, and I'm going to all the different elements that are involved in a show. I was going to both uh, stage play and the movies because they're you know they're both mm-hmm. in the same realm. So like on a stage play, it would be you get a program. The program is basically where you lay out everything that's going to happen in the stage play and mm-hmm. all who all the actors are, who's playing what roles and who's the director, who's the producer. On the movie side, it's the credits. It's the same basic uh, concept both ways. And the thing that occurred to me when I thought of that was, well, the word credits, that means you are crediting yourself. So the program is a way of crediting yourself for what it is that you're doing when you're setting all this stuff up. I love that. You're the producer, right? You're producing your own production of your life. Exactly. You become the star and you become the scriptwriter. You become the director, the wardrobe master. You become everything. And the thing is, we're doing this anyway. That's the piece that I want to point out. Mm. We are already director, scriptwriter, costume, you know, wardrobe mistress. Uh, We are often the gaffer as well, the one who runs around doing all the errands. We're probably the catering crew, truly. Um, And, and you know, and we're we're the janitorial staff as well a lot of the time. So if we are going to create a different version of ourselves, we need to make sure that all those jobs point in the direction that we want. This is the thing with coherence, right? Because this is how the law of attraction works. When they talk about how you can't want this thing and be heading in this direction, you have to get really focused in. This is what it does. It pulls all the disparate parts of your life um, into pointing towards the direction that you want. So go go ahead. No, I was just going to say, how many times are we the writer, the producer, the music person, the gaffer, the janitorial staff, but we're not the star? A lot of the time we're not the star. And and I call that waiting in the wings. People are waiting in the wings. And 
Um, and it's because here's where, here's where coaching comes in. Our brains don't like change. We are not hardwired for change. We are hardwired for safety. Your brain doesn't give a damn about how you feel. It simply wants to keep you safe and preferably vertical, although that's not, not a given, right? It is, it is, your brain just wants to keep you safe. Safe, familiar is safe, which means when you start trying to change something of your life, you have to undo what I call resume roles. You have to stop being the child actor, the, 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 the Annie, you know, or whatever, you have to then become a literally a different version of you and that your brain's going to resist. But the, but this, the devious part of it is that you don't, you are so part of the program that you don't see the coding errors. This is my husband talking as a, as a, as a computer engineer. I'm a programmer too, so I totally oh, yeah. get it. So if there's a coding error, but you are the result of the program, you can't see that. You know, it's like, that's why directors, stars have directors. They need somebody to sit out in the front row so they can see what you can't see from where you are. So this is what a coach does. A coach will say to you, you'll say, I want to, um, I want to have a fully booked coaching practice. I want 10 clients. Um, and then you'll say something else about how you don't want to show up on, you know, you don't like doing this part and the other part. And she's going to say, who, which version of you doesn't like that? And it's your previous version. Your current version is going to have to get really comfortable with having conversations um, that might have your previous selves might have found uncomfortable. You know, things like you want somebody who wants to, um, I, I worked with a colleague once as a, as a peer client and she wanted to be, she wanted to have a, a lover. She wanted to have somebody in her life as a companion, a lover, maybe married, maybe not. That wasn't the thing. Um, and what we noticed is how she loved her single life. She loved being able to take over the entire bed. She parked her car in the middle of the double garage. She, you know, everything was about her. And so there was no room in her, on her stage for a co-star. There just wasn't. And so she had to start playing with, all right, if I co-starred here, what, what, can I give him a drawer? Can I, can I give him half the wardrobe? What am I going to do with all the stuff that's in that half of the wardrobe? <laughs> all of this stuff had to happen. And she became somebody who was making space for somebody else in her life. And every time she opened her wardrobe and saw the half that was fairly empty, her brain would see that and say, Oh yeah, we're making room for somebody. Remember that? <laughs> And so, and, and it happened. It happened far faster. She's now happily married, but this is, this is how it works. It, you work with every part of your life, not just, and I know thoughts become things, but this is how thoughts become things because the things that are in your, in your current environment are the result of your previous thoughts. So if you want new thoughts, you have to put new stuff in your environment. You know, one of the things that Cindy mentioned earlier, and you amplified beautifully has just been kind of resonating in my head in an almost uncomfortable way because I realized there's been large chunks of my head, uh, large, yeah, well, there's that too, large <laughs> chunks of my life where I've been understudied to my own stardom. I haven't been the star of my own life. And mm -hmm. I suspect people do that a lot. I don't think I'm the only one who's ever done that. No, and, and I will say that there are seasons 
Um, mm-hmm. You know, I, there there are seasons where you need to put somebody's priorities first. Any mm-hmm. mom or parent of a newborn will tell you they have zero say sure. in how how their lives go, right? Um, but there, but we take that far too long. We let that go on far too long, and we also there is there is societal programming that says you shouldn't claim center stage, that it's selfish to claim center stage. It's far more noble to stand back and offer the the stage to everybody else. Um, and there's a time for that. But when that becomes your default, then your life is then you're a then you're a supporting player and that's a problem. And that's what happens. I think it's it's a role, right? They're all just mm-hmm. roles. And so we get used to playing a certain role. And when we, whenever we get used to something and it becomes a habit, it's easier. Mm-hmm. It's familiar. It's on autopilot, right? It's familiar. And mm-hmm. then when we try to change it, you know, and I think you're right about the fact that we often let, we often play a role for too long. Like yeah. it goes on too long. And, but there's also that idea that, you know, a great coaching question. Uh, that people squirm about, but have you suffered enough? Yeah. Well, right? that's the ironic part. You're going to still keep playing that role. And at some yeah. point you're going to say, okay, I've had enough. I'm ready for a change. And that's when we change. But, you know, Jackie was talking about this person that loved all of the particular things about being single, taking up the whole bed, parking in the middle, you know, all of that kind of thing. And there's an idea that, you know, Every big shift comes after a big letting go. We have to be willing to let go of some things to make space. And mm-hmm. I know one time I I, uh, I had a conversation with a woman who wanted to hire me to be her coach. And I asked her what she wanted, and she wanted more clients. And I said, great. So tell me what's going on in your life. And she started telling me what was going on in her life. And she listed at least 10 things that she did in a week that were fantastic. She just joined a meditation group. She was doing yoga. He was doing this. She was doing that. And it was like she was so excited that her life was so amazing and so full. (laughs) So I asked her, so when are you going to? Uh, work with these clients. When does that happen? She was just quiet. <laughs> How annoying! Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, details. I'm the best at what I do. I have all these degrees. I'm great at it. People that have worked with me love me. I get my people results. You know. So she had this, all of this worked up, and she said, "And I just can't figure out." I can figure it out. It's because you're having too much fun and there's no space. You'll have to, you, you feel like you'll have to give up your yoga class or your meditation or whatever it is, all these fun things that she had going on. And she didn't want to give those things up, right? And we're all like that. We all, mm-hmm. sometimes the things we don't want to give up aren't even great. <laughs> they're just That's true. They're just, they're just familiar. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Jackie, you've talked before about, um, this reminded me of this, that sort of being satisfied with being in the chorus Mm -hmm. instead of being the star and in the back and staying in the chorus. And that reminds me of that, right? Mm -hmm. There is, there is, you, you do need to be, you can be happy with where you are, but not contented. I call it happily discontented. 
So I can be thrilled to be in the chorus of this particular show, but my eye is on center stage and I am preparing as if center stage is inevitable because there is the other side that what you resist persists. And if you keep um, focusing your attention on how much you hate being in the chorus, guess what? You're going to stay in the chorus. So it's going to, you're going to have to um, understudy to use a theatrical thing, but you become so damn good. You become the leading lady of where you are or the leading man of where you are in this role. You do the absolute best because it carries you forward into being the absolute best of your next version of you. So when you start, for example, you decide you're not going to be the supporting cast in this particular arena of life, right? You're going to start um, having a lot more say in the direction that your life goes. So maybe it'll start with instead of when, when somebody says, what would you like for dinner? Where would you like to eat? Instead of saying, whatever you fancy, we go, I want Chinese tonight. I want to go to that restaurant and I'm going to dress the hell up. So they think I'm like, you know, on some kind of special occasion, right? And so this is how we go. And there, that's when you'll have the, the coaching conversations about you know, the people that you live with who are going, why did you suddenly get so opinionated and why are you so overdressed? Um, and that's when you start owning the fact that you are stepping out of an older role. And so um, this is where the coaching part comes in, but you can start it at any time. You can start saying, instead of going, I'm just going to slap on whatever I wear, you know, on, on any given day, I'm going to say, I'm going to wear my party pants to the grocery store. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to have that somewhat edgy haircut that I've wanted. I'm going to start stating my preferences, um, not in a my way or the highway, but simply this is how I would like things to go. And then generally you sit back in absolute amazement when things start going that way and you could have asked earlier. Anywho, that's another story. But it is this idea that, we claim center stage of our lives by um, I, like going Beyonce on it. You're just going to <laughs> every part of it. Um, understanding that you do share a life with others, obviously, but at the same time, we do abdicate a lot of our star power, star power to others out of out of habit, out of default, out of just never bothering to work out that we're doing it. I'm Cindy glad you brought you, that up. So Cindy will tell you something. So she'll tell you that I'm really big on metaphors. I love metaphor. I love playing on them. I like carrying them out to their logical conclusion. So I'm thinking about the metaphor involved of the fact that you are talking about acting as if by acting, by going on your imaginary stage and producing your own show and so forth. And as soon as I stayed there for about five minutes, I thought to myself, well, what about reviews? Because there are a lot of ways you can treat reviews metaphorically. One of them is what I call keeping score. That's my way of, of describing how I'm constantly checking to see if the results are there. I'm getting disappointed. My vibration is coming down and then I'm not getting what I'm looking for. So that's one way to look at them. Another way to look at it is you're checking to see, do I measure, do you measure up with everybody else? Am I good enough to be the star of my own production and so forth? Mm -hmm. um, and, and I imagine it's probably pretty similar to actually being an actor or an actress on stage and dealing with reviews. Like, Some so people don't how do you, read them, right? That's right. Well, so how do you deal with reviews? I got told by a very glamorous opera star 
never to believe your own press, not the good stuff nor the bad stuff. Mm-hmm. And that's the key part because our brains will very quickly narrow in on that one critic out of yes. 8,000 people who saw the show, the one critic who had something to say about you, you will, that's where your brain's going to go, right? Um, and so there is, and, and I was writing about this in some material I was preparing for a course I'm creating. It's that I distinctly remember, I have this visceral memory of standing on stage, accepting my first standing ovation. So I've got 790 people on their feet screaming and clapping, and I'm thinking they're just being nice. <laughs> like literally that was my thought. <laughs> and it it takes some getting used to being your own best cheering squad and your own, not not critic in a way, but your own taskmaster. And if you know internally that you did the best you could, you prepared as well as you could, you were pleased with the way that top C came out, you were pleased that you didn't walk into the scenery, you were pleased that you, you know, didn't fall over somebody's dress as you're running through whatever, you know, everything went, then that's when you stop and you believe your own press, not anybody else's. So the reviews, it's like, I, I, we can't do an ivory tower thing because after all, we are co-creating at all times. So, you know, if, if, um, and this gets to be when we're working with really close in people, family, kids, friends, colleagues. Um, so you can take it, you can listen, but you don't have to take it on board. At the end of the day, you are sole director of your life and your thoughts. Your thoughts are your own choice always. And so you can choose which reviews you decide to listen to. Um, and the best thing is not to listen to the worst or the best of either but listen to yourself and how you feel. One of the things that I've noticed watching various documentaries over the years about various people in the film industry, particularly um, some of them about directors is that the best directors all co-create and that they all work with the actors. They want to you know, get the actors involved in creating each of the different scenes and how they're going to play out, try different variations and so forth. But at the same time, all the best directors also consider themselves to be the final word on what's going to happen. They're able yes. to carry both sides of the baton, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Uh, right, that, that's a big part of what you're talking about, too. Right, exactly. And I always tell my clients that future version of you that you want, you've already auditioned and got that part. Right. You've got the part. Congratulations. This is your, <laughs> <it's> yours. <laughs> um, because here's where the vibrational part comes in. If you are not a vibrational match for that version of you, it would not be in your awareness. It would not be something I always use the thing. I can admire Serena Williams. I do hugely, but the idea of becoming a professional athlete who runs miles around a court and yeah, no, that's not happening. So you so, didn't audition for that play. No, I didn't no. audition for that part, right? So, um, but what I want then is a vibrational match for me, which means that, um, we just have to get everything else out of the way. We are the director in that we get to 
choose how we are going to play this role because at the end of the day, the director has the big vision. But we're also the actor who gets to play it and, and, and suss it out from here. And if you say something, um, so you'll have a, a, an actor doing a scene and he goes, you know what, I'd really like to try it this way because this feels more in tune with what I'm trying to portray. And the director will say, go ahead and try that. And then it'll either make it or it won't. And then you've got shows like um, Mel, a lot of Mel Brooks's movies are 99% improv, right? Mm-hmm. Blazing sure. Saddles, um, all of they're all they're all improv because of the people playing the parts. But he's the kind of director who knows that that fits into his big vision. He just hasn't got the how yet. And that's where you've got to separate out and say, I like, I know for myself, I am going to retire my husband. I'm going to create a, um, a sustainable career, a third career for me that's going to create this something luscious in the last 30 years of my life. Right. I don't have any hows yet, but I know that big vision and my acting self keeps trying different ways. And my director self says, yeah, that's not going to work in 20 years. <laughs> so you can stop doing that now. Um, or it will say, yeah, go down there, try that, see how it works, see how we, see how the scene unfolds. And this way, and every time I'm tweaking the wardrobe, I'm tweaking, um, I'm tweaking my set design, I'm tweaking my virtual world, um, the words I use. So the words you, it's, for example, the version of you that is a, knows how to invest money. Say, say you become, you want to know how to invest. You, I mean, being an investor is one of your versions of your future self. There's an entire vocabulary you're going to have to learn. Just the same way as the actors in Big, ba- Big Bang Theory had to learn complicated scientific terms. It's the same with your future self, your future self. Like when Cindy and I are learning to become coaches, coaches have tools they have vernacular they have words that we use right um and so you will need you have a skill set that you're building the trick though i want to leave really hone in on is that you are at act one scene one on any given day you can say from here act one scene one I have decided to become this, and it's in five. We're going to have this. So whether it's a fully booked coach, whether it's the next corporate, next rung on the corporate ladder, whether it's the next four thousand people who listen to the podcast, that's the next version of you. And then the trick to acting as if is to scoot out to that version of you and reverse engineer it. So you're looking backwards at yourself and going. What does that version of me know that my current self hasn't quite got the hang of yet? What habits do they have that I haven't nailed yet? What do they know that I'm still working out? And that way, you become your own guide. You become your own director. And the best part is you will never be directed out of character because you know who you are. Acting is often called a craft. Boy, you are really talking about crafting our lives. Yeah, I have a question. So this is interesting. Jackie and I have talked many times, and I've talked about this on the podcast, um, costume. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, that's one of the easiest ways for me to get what I want. Every year I do this. Every year, this year in the pandemic, I decided I wasn't going to be uh, in that 
kind of depressive lockdown, you know, and so I started wearing glitter every day um, uh-huh. because I wanted it to feel like it's a party, right? Um, every time I want something, every year I decide on costume, hair, makeup, nails, clothes. Jackie is a, a real whiz at set design, meaning our home. How do we organize our home for our next self? What would she be living like? What would he be? What would his environment be? This person we're becoming. And a minute ago, at the beginning of the show, you said something about um, uh, dance music. Yes. And and then you said, well, every movie has a soundtrack when Walt commented on dance music. So this is something we've never talked about much before. But yeah. So how do you incorporate music because as a musician right and a songwriter i'm like my ears are going wait we never talked about this before i need to know how to do this so the the um we know that music is evocative right you can watch a scene on a movie with no soundtrack and it's like yeah this is a scene in a movie they put the the sad violins underneath and oh my god you're just like oh And it's the same thing. You can see somebody walking down a flight of stairs. So they're walking down a flight of stairs. You put some grand finale, maim, hello, Dolly type, you know, all the trumpets blaring behind you and your hips are going to sway and you're going to walk down that staircase like you paid cash for it. Right. So this is what I have a soundtrack. It's just like my Pandora is just, <laughs> I have Pandora and I'll do. I have French cooking music to play in the kitchen, especially when I'm making something that's as boring as hell because, yes, it'll, you know, if I'm just slapping together something, it somehow just makes it feel better. Um, <laughs> then I have, I have music that prepares me for clients. I have a soundtrack for, um, you know, ambient radio when I'm writing. I have Zen radio for when I'm doing my journal work, when I'm talking to my future self. Um, and invariably I will play songs that I know in my head when I need something uh, a little more, when I need that oomph, right? So if I'm walking into, um, somewhere where I need to own the room, then I play that soundtrack in my head and I will have played it that morning. So for good example, today I was, I was a tad nervous about showing up today and it was like, okay. So now I've played the songs where I from the shows that I've had my standing ovations. I've played the music that makes me feel upbeat. I've played the music that, you know, it's like you're looking at a soundtrack of somebody who's going to own the room. And that's that's what I was doing. So I have these soundtracks and you can curate them to um, to amplify not just how you feel right now, but it can be a stepping stone. It can be something like all the good DJs will take you from chill to dancing like a mad thing um, in music, music bites, right? This is what they do. Right. You can do the same thing for yourself. You can have something. This is the soundtrack of my studying. This is the soundtrack of my making something for dinner. This is the soundtrack for cleaning. Housework. Housework definitely needs a soundtrack and preferably a tiara and something (laughs) snazzy to wear. Just mentioning this because it's, <laughs> we don't do that, but it is, <laughs> but it is, it is as a musician. And the other part is that when you sing, I will just mention that the singing, the words you use, singing is a vibration. 
If yes. you sing, it doesn't matter what quality of voice you have. If you sing in a court, you know, sing along to Dean Martin, you're going to feel all kinds of sexy and probably Italian. Sing along. <laughs> Sing along to Bette Midler and you're going to feel feisty. You're going to feel, you know, sing along to Beyonce. You're going to take over the world. It is this, this embodiment that happens when our voice, because we can't disassociate from our voices. So you can use it as a tool, um, to, to shift an identity, literally. I'm like, my it. brain is like, why, why have we never talked about this? Right? <laughs> oh no. <laughs> and well, I've actually talked in the past about how I like, I, I actually have, um, sound is my best sense. I can actually yes. create entire orchestrations in my head. I can replay entire oh. songs in my head. I can, I can hear, you know, which is very handy. And I have not been using it in this way. No. I'm thinking, oh my God, I've got this huge tool just waiting to be used. This oh, is why, yes. this is why I can't go to sleep to music. You know, some people put music <laughs> on so that they fall asleep, but my brain is going, there should be a third harmony there. And why didn't this and that yes. arranging everything? Yes. Yeah, like I can't do it, but I'm like that with, with, I can't read myself to sleep because I keep wanting to rewrite the script and I now go <laughs> off in tangents and I get, and if I find a typo or a, or a grammatical oh. error, I'm done. It's like, no. <laughs> <laughs> totally understand. Yes. Oh, but oh, that's great. Yeah. I, this is something I'm definitely going to use because I mean, I have, I, I play music in my head all the time. I mean, yes, mm-hmm. I like also actually listening to music, you know, I'll, yes. I'll, like I'll take my walks and I'm, I've got the headphones on all the time, but I'm also really good at, at just playing what I want to. I've just been indiscriminate about it. I haven't been doing it with intent. Strategically. Yeah. Strategically. Yeah. You want to be when the end of the soundtrack. And you know, it's, it is a, it is a soundtrack. You can have a cluster of five or six songs that'll give you a story arc. And if you want to follow the story arc, you can, you can end up that way. So, you know, and sometimes you'll, you'll, um, you'll hear the, the grand finale type razzle dazzle thing and you're not quite ready for it. Then it can, I, you can, you can find something that's in the middle and it'll pull you up. And so you become your own DJ, your own musical score composer. Um, and, and, Having having a soundtrack for yourself is just so so good. My son wrote a an entry music for me when I was doing um, a project a little while ago, and I still play it in my head. So it's my own entry music. Nice. And, um, and now all I need is you know the grand staircase and the twelve guys in tuxedos <laughs> top hats. Yeah, once I get those, I'll be done. But um, you know, it, it it is really it is when we when we take thoughts becoming things and we say that all the things that are around us are the thoughts we've had then we see our power and when we start making the things that surround us reflect the thoughts we want that's when we that's when we start living as if rather than acting as if so, so Jackie, go ahead, Walt. Oh, I was just going to say, we, we, we have somebody who asked a question in the live stream, and, and I'm not really sure what to do with it, but I thought I'd throw it up there just to see, Jackie, if it resonates in any way with you. She's asking, what are the best music players? I'm not quite sure what she's asking, but does that tell you something? Does that, does that resonate? And I, I'm not sure if you what you mean by players. I, I will mean, as I mentioned, I use Pandora a lot, and I have um, a few Spotify soundtracks, like literally um, collections that I use, um, but I use Pandora mostly. To, mm-hmm. to choose music um, that is, and you can give them a, 
a sense. In other words, you can say to Pandora, play lounge music, play, um, you know, that kind of easy listening music to cook by mm. all these kind of things. And it'll, and it'll find them for you. And that's when you start initially, you're going to experiment with everything. So it's all improv and then you get to, um, hone it down into what, what works for you. Good answer. I like that. I think you probably nailed exactly what she was looking for too. So well done. You had a question, Cindy, something you wanted yeah, to bring up? Well, I, I want to ask you, what are three things that someone could do when we finish the podcast today that they could, that, that when they finish listening to the podcast or watching us today, that they could go do like practical nice. right now? Yeah. Um, there is a version of you that you would like to be living as invariably. Um, don't go too far out like in 20 years time, but there is a version of you at the end of this week, at the end of this month. Um, jot down a few details of what that life would be like and see what you can start implementing now. So is that something as mundane as getting caught up on the laundry so that you can wear your best outfit to that meeting? That's going to be really important. Um, is it something like curating a soundtrack so you don't listen to the news on the way to work every day? Yes. <laughs> right? Um, and then there's one of my techniques, and, and this is a what they call a proprietary process, but it's, it's one of the things that I think is hugely useful. I think that intrinsically we know when something is out of vibe with who we want to become. And I call that thing a wince. When you look at something and you go, it can be so minute, but you, you know that you can feel it. What happens though is we have winces that are so prevalent, like a leaking tap, like the, the something, you know, something that just doesn't work the way we want it to. Um, the closet at the end of the hallway that you don't ever open because you could be avalanche to death. Every time you walk past it, it's a wince. And winces are energetic leaks. They are, they pull you into your past because you haven't handled it yet. They pull you into your present and make you feel bad and they pull you out of the vibe of your future. It's, it's always this little indicator that you aren't in coherence with the way you want to live. So if you scan your home, your immediate set, right, and you see something that is out of character, that makes you wince because it's out of character, you will then go and handle that. And what happens is not only do you reclaim the energy that's been held hostage by that that thing, but you also get clearer on why it's important. You will see, for example, one of the gifts I give myself at the end of every single day, thank you, Sherry, every single day is that I gift myself, my, my tomorrow morning self gets the gift of a clean kitchen. I cannot, I can't start a day feeling like the star of my show when I walk in and there's a pile of dishes. So I, my current self will always clean the kitchen for my future self. I love it. Right? Because I know that about me. So when I walk in to make my latte in the morning, the kitchen looks lovely. It looks, it's clear. I can breathe. I can feel like it's a new day. Not like there's all sorts of residue from the previous day stuck in my sink, which is exactly what it is. Right? Right. So get, 
notice what makes you wince and reclaim it because that is your future self going, <clears throat> excuse me, handle this, <laughs> right? It is really, it is the pieces of, it is your future self trying to make the one piece I wanted just before we close. Your future self is always talking to you through your feelings. It's the only way they can communicate. Yes. So yes. notice how you feel as you interact and collaborate with your house. I talk at a collaboration. Your home is not just a structure. It is an energetic vessel. You live in it like a stage is a, a container for the life of the role that is lived on it. Your home is the same. And when you start seeing it that way, it changes everything. And it's really, really potent because then you're acting as if you already are who you dream of becoming. And when you start doing that, you become that faster. You know what I love about this is so many times what people want, and Jackie and I both know this from being coaches, and Walt knows this from interviewing people, is that, you know, there's basically a handful of things people want. They want to be healthier, they want to have more money, and they want to have a relationship, and sometimes there's something about life purpose, right? But it's like those four things, everything fits somewhere there. Those are the most popular things people hire coaches for, the most popular intentions, and a lot of times... When someone wants, because we live in a world where everything costs money, pretty much, mm -hmm. that it becomes a stumbling block for some people when they they think, when they want to create uh, their next self because they think, well, my next self is rich, though, and I can't act as oh, if because yeah. I don't have the money to do this and to do that, right? And it's like all every single thing that Jackie just mentioned is you doing what you can with what you have right now. It has nothing. She didn't say, now you need to go out and buy yourself a spiral staircase and, and rent <laughs> 12 guys with tuxedos, right? She was That's like, right. everything you listed was something I literally can do without spending any money as soon as I get mm -hmm. done with the podcast. So it's there for you. It's, it's there. It's mm -hmm. accessible. It's very accessible to do this. Um, Accessorizable too. Yeah, and I did lay that out. And I will mention that I have a. Um, I've, I've made a an offer. If you, it's a it's a document on the basics yes. of acting as if. Yes, we're interested. I said, Jackie, like make something fabulous for our people. And <laughs> she said, Okay, I will. <laughs> it is an abridged version of a um uh a webinar that I did, but it is. Uh, I'm going to put the link in here. It's JacquelineGates.com, and it's The Art of Becoming starts here. So I, the webinar was called The Art of Becoming, How to Be the Leading Lady of Your Own Damn Life. And <laughs> this is an abridged version that will get you started. And interestingly, how to act rich when you haven't got a penny, that's part of it because it is you can do so much more with what you have. And being resourceful is what makes acting as if a lot of fun. It's yes. really something as you're, as you're describing all of this, I'm thinking about, uh, in, in our particular case, I'm thinking about the, uh, the television program that was on for six years or so, Downton Abbey out of yes. uh, Britain. Oh. And, and, uh, something <laughs> we really loves that one. I know you love it too, Cindy. Um, lots of people have loved that one. We've, we've watched a lot of the documentaries around the program, you know, mm -hmm. what went into creating it and so forth. And like so many of the really great programs, the great movies, the great stage plays, what really made it was the attention to detail Always. in every single aspect of the production from who they were hiring as the actors to who the customers were to who was creating the set design to who was doing all of it. And, and that's what 
came through to me when you were talking about, you know, you're going through your home and you're seeing something that doesn't quite fit. You're going to the, the detail level, giving attention to that to make it the best movie, place, whatever it is, the best that it can be. Yeah, I think, and I think about people that do a theme party, right? Oh, like, yeah. let's do a theme party this week. Let's turn our house into, I don't know, a Hawaiian luau or something. We're going to walk through and say, oh, this, get rid of that thing. That doesn't work. Here, put some flowers yeah. over here. Right. I mean, that is really what you're doing. You're just walking through and creating a set for your next. And I will say you don't, have to do, you don't have to do the whole house at once, just in case somebody's <laughs> start with. And I always give this tip, start with your first collaboration with your house first thing in the morning. So every time we get, we sleep, we reset, we wake up in the morning. What is your first wince, your first collaboration with your house? Is it the fact that you've got so many magazines on your bedside table and you just have that wince because you know you're never going to read them? Is it just your bathroom? You, you you can't find it's that you have to rummage to find everything on your bathroom counter. These are the places we start because it becomes so beauty spreads. It it becomes a domino. You start with one small spot, and you will start, and it will it will spread through your house. We've all seen that thing where we get a bunch of flowers in a vase and we put it on the dining room table and then we start tidying around the dining room table. We can't help it. So you start with one small spot that belongs to you, that is sovereign to you, that means something to you, and then you will watch it spread. And how nice that there's actually something that OCD people can can actually say, okay, this is mine. I got yes, this. Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. And and it is when when you have the intention that this you are calling in your future self, you are living as if your future is now, then all sorts of things from cleaning the tub to doing the dishes to, you know, carting your kids off to school, these things become different because you are embodying a different version of you playing that. Yeah, it's a great, I've asked clients that question before when they've said, I want to be something, right? I had a client that said, I want to be a well-funded retiree. Mm -hmm. And I said, well, how does a well-funded retiree um, throw her clothes in the dryer? Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> right. It's not, it's not going out and buying anything. It's, it's you embodying something. And when you ask yourself that question, how does a well-funded retiree drink her coffee? You will feel it in a shift in your body. You will, it will sit and stand in a different way because you will start to become that person. So, oh, this is all so good. Good, good, good stuff. I can talk <laughs> cement about this. So I was very thrilled to be able to be here. Thank you so much. So good. Oh, thanks for sharing this stuff. I mean, this is really great. And thank you well, for, uh, back, I'll be here. <laughs> I don't think there's going to be any problem with the idea of bringing you back. Yay, I mean, awesome. the hardest part is probably going to be negotiating with your agent, but I think we can handle that. Part. <laughs> Send me the 12 guys in the tuxedo. So, I'm gonna be oh, oh, so okay. The negotiation has started. That's fine. <laughs> this is good. This is good. No, we're definitely going to have you back. Yeah. This, this is a fabulous concept. I mean, we've all heard this concept. Act as if. We've been hearing about this. I, I've heard about it since I heard about The Secret. I'm sure other people have heard about yeah. it even longer. But wow, really turning it into a production. That's really well, that's what it is. Life is a life is a stage. Shakespeare said, we're, "All the world's a stage, and we that's are right. merely players." But we yeah. get to be the star, not just the third spear carrier from the left. 
And as Shelley says, get that staircase. Go for yes. it. Yes. <laughs> I live on the 17th floor. I'm working on it. <laughs> She's got an elevator, guys. She's got an elevator. Tell the truth. <laughs> oh, so funny. So this could take a while to build that staircase, actually. Yeah, just a while. It's yeah. a, but, uh, you know, every, every, that's why I'm somewhat addicted to those, uh, the mansions, the B&B, Airbnb mansions, mm-hmm. you know, like the bed and breakfast, just so that I can walk down the stairs. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we're definitely going to include your link in the description, but uh, I mean, there is probably somebody out there, or at least possibly somebody out there who might actually want to approach you um, as a coach. I mean, if somebody wants to approach you as a coach, how do they approach you as a coach? That would be wonderful. I am Jacqueline at JacquelineGates.com. Well, once so, again, somebody who keeps it really simple. Yes, yes. yes. Spell that for us, Jacqueline. J-A-C-Q-U-E-L-I-N-E, Jacqueline, at Jacqueline Gates. There is a hyphen in there, but it's not the end of the world if you miss it. Jacqueline Gates, <laughs> as in Bill Gates, no relation. Um, and shoot me an email. I'm also all over Facebook. You can find me there. Um, or get hold of Cindy. She knows how to reach me. <laughs> I do. Jackie's a fabulous coach. And I, I say that as knowing her as not just a friend, but a colleague. She's She knows her stuff. She She's the coach I go to when I need some coaching. I don't think that, that, well, first of all, that, that's a wonderful endorsement. Second of all, I don't think there's anybody listening who has any doubt about it. Uh, seriously. <laughs> thank, you, thank you. After this yes. presentation, this, this, I mean, we get a lot of things that happen on this show that raise energy. That's why we call it your daily dose of happy. This is definitely a big energy raiser, not just for this show. This is, I'm seeing right now in my own life, different ways I can start applying it right away. And I, I'm, I'm sure I'm going to be producing some results quickly. I hope of some of that is some music. We need more music. It's in the world. definitely going to be. That's I mean, me. Yeah. Seriously. I was going to say, Walt, what's the one number one thing that you think you're going to do, like apply from this today? Oh, my thing is music. It's music. music. Absolutely. Yeah. Believe <laughs> yeah. yeah. me, my, my wife, Louise, the, we, we often find ourselves thinking about the same song at the same time. And, Ooh. and her common phrase that she always uses is, Music has had no effect on our lives at all. <laughs> well, now I've got an extra story to throw at her. Like, oh, yeah, well, maybe we should be giving a little more consideration to yes, what music we're going to pick. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. my goodness. Yeah, it's so fun. And, and it's just so it's so immersive, right? There's so Because our lives are so multi-nuanced. And this way you start pulling it all in the direction of what you want. And then you go out of being supporting cast. And you literally are the director and the star. And, and that's fact, the best place to be. I'm thinking I've got this little video I put together that I've been watching for the last couple of years now. And it includes the theme music for the show because that's part of my own manifestation mm-hmm. process. And it also includes music for, you know, traveling to Hawaii and having a new home. So I have music associated with that. And I'm thinking, I did it there. Why am I not doing it everywhere else? Where did oh, I miss this? Right. And how yes. are you going to prepare for, for your, for your, the version of you that lives in Hawaii for a length of right. time? What recipes right. do you know? What background do you have when you show up? What, what are you going to wear? How are you, what drinks are you going to concoct? What soundtrack are you going to, do you know how to do, do the lay dance? I mean, are you going to have to get <laughs> those hips and stuff? You know, there's all of this is going to have to happen. Mm-hmm. I have new appreciation for just how much work actors go through when they put on. <laughs> yes, <laughs> well, this yes, has been indeed. fabulous, yes. Jackie. Thank you so much for joining us. We definitely are going to have you back. You can count on that. I would love that you know. anytime. Thank yeah, we're you definitely so have you back. much. So thank you for that. Thank you, Cindy, for bringing her along. Thank you for being who yes, you are indeed. too. We appreciate that. 
Thank you especially to our podcast listeners because, hey, without you guys, we would never podcast. We'll see you all next time here on LOA Today. Goodbye, everybody. Bye.